0: We have such an important episode today. Our guest, Rafe DeRozzi, is an HIV-positive bodybuilder and an HIV-AIDS activist. You will be blown away by the story of his diagnosis, his rock bottom, and his incredible journey of changing his life to one of gratitude and positivity. Rafe is on a mission to educate us all and to undo the stigma our society has on this, on this disease. Please stay tuned for this important, inspiring, and educational episode. Hi everybody welcome to Habits and Hustle uh, I'm, I, I'm really actually quite excited about today's guest it is Rafe Derazzi. Uh, we haven't had anyone like you on our show before when what I find so interesting and uh, just fascinating about him is that he is an HIV advocate and his whole platform is about gratitude uh, self-empowerment and basically turning a negative into a positive, uh-huh. you know, excuse the pun, uh-huh. of course. <laughs> uh, and he just has a really great message and uh, an amazing story that I wanted to share. So thank you, Ray, for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's it's great to have you. Um, I think what was so, uh, not just, like I said, interesting, is that I think there's so much information that people aren't aware of, at, at me being one of them, about someone who lives with HIV and having um, not just uh, a full life, but now you're, you're completely undetectable. Totally. So you have a, a better chance of living till 100 than I do. <laughs> and you know, and, and then a lot of other people. So I guess let's just start by telling everyone, what is the difference between HIV and AIDS? Mm-hmm. Is there hiv positive and aids yeah what is so the difference?
1: hiv is the virus itself okay aids is a syndrome auto autoimmunodeficiency syndrome and that's to get really technical it's they measure your cd4 count your white blood cell count okay. when it gets below 200 then it's considered aids and so it's just a marker of how well your immune system is doing oh yeah.
0: got it okay so when someone says they're HIV positive right mm-hmm. it's not it, the age is when you get like when you like you said when you get yeah. really sick and yeah. when you're actually like your, your body is depleted completely yeah. right
1: and if you have HIV you can be anywhere on the spectrum AIDS or not wow you just okay. have the virus in your system
0: so let's just start because you're like a okay. young guy. So like <laughs> Rafe is uh, a competitive bodybuilder, um, super healthy, super fit looking. You would never guess in a million years by looking at you Mm-mm. that you had HIV. Po- you were HIV positive, and which exactly. is, and I think what we were saying off off uh, offline is probably there's a lot more people who have HIV totally. than uh, that people would ever even think. Yeah. And say what you were saying to me before about those guys. Yeah,
1: so, um, you know, I have random people call me up. I had a friend recently who is, like, conservative, straight guy from the Marines called me up and said, hey, like, I just found out I have HIV, and so does my wife, and we don't know which of us, who, who had it and who gave it to who. So it's like it affects everyone.
0: Yeah. It's not just someone who is a gay person. No. And a guy. It's, it can be anybody. And I think yeah. like we're saying, like that's what's kind of, it is kind of scary in a sense that like, I think a lot of people do carry it way more than people would think because they think it's only segmented yeah. to one part of the population.
1: It's, but we believe that because nobody's talking no about it. No one talks about Everybody's it. Nobody's afraid.
0: And it's, it's still like, you know, it's just, it's still a scary topic. Like for whatever reason, like when I knew you were coming on, I got like a little bit nervous, like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know, because, you know, because you don't, there's, there's so much stigma around it. And that's what I love about what you do is that you basically, we're going to talk about it in a minute, Mm -hmm. but you literally have turned like what you're diagnosed with like five, six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, you as a death sentence, so to speak, that my, yeah. most people would think. And you really turn it into a platform to like turning your life around and like living like yeah. your, your best life, you know, yeah. to
1: quote Oprah. I literally thought I was going to be dead in three years. I was like, okay.
0: Is that the diagnosis they gave you?
1: No, I just didn't know anything about it when they told me.
0: So then tell, so tell us what, how it happened. So you're, you're, okay, go back to 2012, right?
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I was in a three and a half year monogamous committed relationship with another man. And I was just sick all the time. And I got more and more symptoms. I had no idea why. I didn't have health insurance. I couldn't afford health what insurance. What kind of
0: sickness? Were you just getting the, like flu-like symptoms? Mm, or like- so I would
1: have like weird skin rashes. My lymph nodes were swollen. I was exhausted all the time. I was losing weight. I couldn't put on muscle if I tried. Um, yeah, so, and then I had a, then what really tipped me off was that I had a sore at the back of my throat. I thought I had strep. And it lasted for months and it wouldn't heal so i'm like i gotta go see a doctor so i'm like I, if i have to go to county and sit there for eight hours to to see a doctor i will so that's what i did and i never never suspected it would be an std sti and so
0: did anyone say to you oh i think it's uh you probably have the flu you probably have this you yeah, probably have that and
1: like you just thought it was whatever
0: and you were you just kind of going about your daily business right like mm-hmm, i was trying like,
1: to yeah yeah but I, it was getting to the point where I, could, I couldn't really function very well, and I didn't know why, and I was getting down on myself because I'm like, why can't I just operate like a normal human being? Like, were you
0: fine and healthy before our, like this happened to you?
1: I mean, like, moderately. Okay. Like normal. Like a normal yeah. person. Yeah.
0: Okay, and then you go to the doctor. So and You went then... to
1: the doctor and um, waited eight hours, and then she's like, let's just do all the tests just to make sure. I came back a week later, sat down in her office, and we had a, we had a rapport at that time. We were kind of joking. And, but the second time I came in, she was completely somber stared at our monitor, and then I remember she just breathed, looked at me, and said, you have HIV. And it was like the camera just like, whoosh. Wow. And like my whole life just kind of like, oh my God, I'm going to be dead in three years. This is it.
0: Wow. Okay. I can't even imagine. That. So I, I just started bawling. She's like, I'm
1: going to give you 10 minutes, call somebody. I'm going to leave the office. I'll come back, do your thing.
0: Wow. Yeah. And then like, then what happens? You know what I mean? So then <laughs> so, like, you kind of, like, took her 10 minutes and then more. Yeah. And then, wh- like, what happened? She so, said, okay,
1: so next week I'm going to need you to come back. You're going to go to the HIV clinic. The, the specialists are there. She's like, don't be alarmed. Don't be worried because you're going to see a lot of really sick people and a lot of homeless people because a lot of homeless people get HIV as well.
0: Why is that? Because of?
1: Probably needle sharing and and just unprotected sex and just... The whole slew of being in that position.
0: Now, besides having your boyfriend, were you also having a lot of unprotected sex, or only with him at that time? At that, but okay. And then, so okay, go on. Sorry, I mean, I have all these questions. Okay, and then. So,
1: ironically, my appointment to go to the clinic was on my birthday, and so I went in. I was sitting in the waiting room by myself, and this nurse comes by. He's like six foot three, tats piercings big gruff guy and he goes hey you know why you're here right and i go yeah because i have hiv and he goes you got way more than that kid you got full-blown aids and then just walked away and i was like
0: are you serious (laughs) so you actually had aids not even just you had like you were down to the depletion
1: full-blown aids yeah and then my doctor came in who went who came in to see me and was like it's your birthday
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god how skinny were you
1: um, I mean, I wasn't like gaunt like you see in the movies. Yeah. I just was the skinniest I personally had ever been in my arms. You could just see it.
0: Okay. And you're still with the same guy, though, right? You were still dating. Did you guys break up? At the,
1: oh, yeah. We've broken up since.
0: No, no, no. But at the time, we Oh, yeah. We were together. When, I, when you found out you I had AIDS. Him. Yeah. Okay. He
1: got tested, found out he had AIDS as well.
0: So both of you have AIDS now. Like, had. he did like, had, but yeah. like, he didn't, he didn't have, did he have the same symptoms as you? when he when you went to find like when you went he to did
1: have some weird symptoms but like for example he had shingles randomly he had a shingles breakout and we we're like that's weird but whatever people get shingles when they're older maybe he got it young right so but he wasn't as like down as i was right. energy wise
0: wow okay yeah. so is it possible that he could have got it from you
1: it is possible and it's also possible that I could have gotten it from him. There's no, there's no way. Of- we both, he told me he tested negative when we got together. I tested negative. Um, so there's no specific way. It was probably in the window period for one of us that it's not detectable.
0: Wow. So you think it's up. So do you think, could he have been lying to you that he was?
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, after that, I, I found out that he was cheating
0: the whole time or just like, a, I don't know.
1: I just know that he was like all over the internet talking to guys and had someone at our apartment while I was away shooting a web series for a week. And oh my so God. that's when I was like,
0: wow. Okay. Man. Then how did you take that and then turn it <laughs> into something like, 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 how did you take that fact that you, now you finally you have eight, and then now like, you know, cut to, you know, now or even, well, very yeah. soon after become like this, like Mr. Positive Holly yeah. and with a platform and a competitive bodybuilder yeah. and everything else, like would it, then what happened? So I
1: definitely see the blessing in every experience negative or otherwise. So what happened shortly after that was I was on the medication.
0: Well, wait, how did you get to the medication? So they give you... You told me before there's a lot of options. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, well, the doctor just prescribed something to me at that time. She was like, I'm going to put you on this, and we'll see how it works.
0: Was it supposed to suppress it, or what was it uh-huh. supposed to do? was supposed like, to
1: would- completely suppress the virus so that they measure viral load, which is how much virus there is per drop of blood. And at that time, it was like 52,000 copies per drop of blood in my body.
0: Which is a lot? A lot. Okay.
1: Um, and then within like six to nine months, it got to the point where there was an undetectable amount, meaning that the test can't detect the virus in my blood.
0: Now, is that normal? Is the, it, so if you take medication, mm-hmm. then, for people who don't understand yeah. this, like me, if you, if you, is it, could you just, no matter how um, bad the, you know, it, if you have like full out, full blown AIDS like yeah. you did, did it, if you take the medic, start taking the medication, could it go, can it reverse itself?
1: Absolutely. And it will for most of the population.
0: Wow, you can go all the way most. back to undetectable, but and there be is healthy. a a segment that it doesn't work for. Is that because
1: there are strains of HIV virus that have developed a resistance to medication? Okay. So those people, it can be more tricky, and you might have to take a cocktail like what's traditionally right. known, that's like twelve what pills, like three times a day or something like that. But yeah, for most people, it, that's it. It will take care of you.
0: So what? So when did you start feeling a little bit better, or could I get like? When did you start taking the meds?
1: Basically, by the time in six to nine months, when I was starting to feel undetectable, is when. I started to feel like myself again. And what I was going to say is that I went to a trampoline park and I within 10 minutes I I broke my ankle. And one of the the side effects of the medication that I was taking was bone density loss, which I didn't realize. So, I think that contributed to my broken ankle. So, I was and I was like getting ready to break up with my boyfriend at the time, but at that point I was like I'm screwed, like I'm completely dependent. And so I he worked, and I stayed at home, and I was just in bed for five months. And it was during those five months that I noticed there was like... Are you familiar with Hay House? The, it's like a publishing... Yeah, yeah. I was the publishing company. Yeah. yeah, so they were doing this like two-week intensive where it was just like speaker after speaker after speaker for like six hours a day, and it was all free. So I just immersed myself in that. The Secret, Oprah and Deepak Chopra, their meditation series, just... Everything. Dream boards, vision boards, goal setting, everything. I just like went inside and just like revamped everything. And that's when I realized this pattern of my whole life was that, you know, as a kid, I I was the victim to a lot of like really crappy situations. But then I think I learned to use victim mindset to kind of get my way and get what I wanted as I got older. And that that was the thing that crippled me. And getting AIDS was like the like moment of manifesting true victimhood and i was like i I gotta change something has to change and that's when i kind of made the switch
0: so right you were saying earlier like that you were like you were always the victim because you Mm -hmm. had a really shitty childhood (laughs) what was your like what was your background
1: so i was born in utrecht netherlands okay um most of my family is still there my biological father was very verbally and physically abusive to my mom Mm. to the point where she thought he would kill her at some point um, and kidnap me and take me back to morocco so <clears throat> without telling her family anything where we were going or anything had no money um, she took me and we came to the u.s um, and then we just started she was like a live-in nanny in orange county and i was living with her and i went by a completely different name i was going by the name timmy zimmer everybody that knows me in orange county since i was a kid knows me as timmy zimmer
0: Timmy Zimmer. Yeah. Seriously. Because
1: <laughs> Timmy was the most American name that she could yeah. think of. And then Zimmer was the man she ended up marrying a year later, his, his last name. So I was never adopted, but I just went by it. Right.
0: She ended up marrying a man named Zimmer. So like yeah. that was your, that was your mm-hmm. stage name, so and to speak. And then he
1: was, yeah, he was um, an alcoholic and depressed, very distant. And I was just kind of dealing with all the trauma. So I had a lot of like issues in school And I was picked on a lot made fun of and for what people called me gay faggot. I was weird. I didn't know American social norms. I was the outcast. I was like, I think as part of my coping, I was extremely, extremely happy, optimistic kid. Like I saw everything as, as a Disney movie and like I believed in just altruistic things and that kind of separated me from a lot of the other kids. Um,
0: that's interesting that you say that because yeah. you, you had a victim mentality, you said, yeah. but yet you had like a very positive poly. It but I was sick like, every
1: month with right. the cold and, and migraines and other ailments and wasn't going to school a lot because of it. and It was like this weird duality of both things. yeah interesting <clears throat> And then by the time I was in high school, that's when I really started to deal with everything that I had gone through and coming to terms with being gay and it got to the point where I was doing drugs and alcohol and attempted suicide. I overdosed on like 30 pills, went to a mental hospital for a week.
0: Really? Um, yeah,
1: no laces, no, none of that.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow.
1: It was like girl interrupted. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. So it's exactly like that.
0: Wow. Yeah. And, then what, and then, so this was like the diagnosis of AIDS was like the icing on the cake, so to speak, in a yeah. way.
1: After that, I got into church, Christianity. I was heavily involved. I was after to,
0: after the diagnosis,
1: after the attempted suicide. Oh, after Because I was trying to pull myself out.
0: Okay, so before you even like found out about all that, you were already yeah. trying. You were trying to transition your brain mm-hmm. a little bit. And it's like going like,
1: from out of high school. I was really into church. Okay, wanted to go to a Christian university. I'm like, I'm going to turn my life around. Okay, service to God. Super stoked about it. I was so involved in theater, and then. All of a sudden, it was like, okay, I got to deal with being gay. And then I had my, the people that I looked up to in church were like, well, we love you, first of all. Second of all, um, you weren't born this way, and you can change it. So we're going to help you be straight. We're going to do a weekly discipleship. You're going to cut off this, your um, communication with your first love, and you're just going to de- dedicate yourself to like celibacy and to God. And I did that for like six months. And then I was like, I'm starting to get depressed again. Like, oh wow. So like, this isn't right. And it was my stepdad who's like, if you're not happy, like why are you doing it? Right. I was like, okay. So I told my church that and I was like, I'm going to just be me. And they're like, okay, that's fine. But then you can't be part of church leadership roles. Mm -hmm. You can't do theater. And then then my university was like, we can't accept you because you're willfully living in sin. So it was like, boom, excommunicated. Oh my God. <laughs> I had to gosh. start over and like find my identity again. And it was just very, very difficult. And it was like, I was a victim again.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then, so, you're, yeah, so that was basically the, the story in your head. That's what yeah. you're saying. So it was always like, it would always go back to the victim, yeah. victim. Yeah. And then when you got this diagnosis, and then you're in bed for months and months because you were just not feeling good. And yeah. were, you dep- were you depressed at that point? I would imagine
1: um i don't remember being depressed i was just like this is an opportunity
0: right away you thought that like you didn't take a moment to be like oh shit this is like a death sentence I'm oh be yeah after the diagnosis yeah yes and i then, thought you
1: meant like when i broke my ankle when i was no. diagnosed i was like yeah like i've reached my biggest fear in life this is the lowest of the low
0: Wow. And then, okay, so then when you were in bed, then it was because you broke your ankle from the, from the yeah. trampoline. Okay. Yeah. And that's when you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to change everything around. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then what did you do?
1: And then from there, so it got to the point where I was healing, but I wasn't quite to the point where I was like, I can walk around and like go back to serving waiting tables again. But I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, okay, I'm making all these realizations and Um, Here I am living with somebody who cheated on me and betrayed my trust. And like, why am I still like compromising myself to be with this person? And I said to myself, okay, well, if you're going to be true to yourself, then you can't just stay in this situation. You have to face it. It doesn't matter if you still have a messed up leg. And it doesn't matter if you don't have a plan after. Just do it. You got to do what's right. So I broke it off. And I had nothing. My car had been repossessed. I didn't have a job. I didn't know what I was going to do, where I was going to live. So it was like literally minute by minute figuring out what am I going to do now. So I found this like closet that I could live in for $400 a month in the valley through a friend that was living there. And I was, went to my old job and I literally sobbed and cried and begged for shifts back. They had a new manager who so was like, I don't know you, like why am I going to give you shifts? And I just sobbed, pleading he eventually gave me a couple and then more as time went on. But I was taking the bus everywhere, um, you know, two hours from the Valley to Santa Monica and back and forth. And then I'm like, I got to keep my health up. So taking the bus to LA fitness, I'm like, if I can't afford anything, I'm going to afford a gym membership. Right. At least.
0: So will you not work? Okay. So before this whole thing, were you a workout person or no? Did you work out?
1: No, I had never, never benched, deadlifted, or squatted in my life, so I wouldn't say that I was like...
0: So what made you decide to become a competitive bodybuilder, though? Like, I'm just trying to try to understand, like, yeah. so you, now you get this diagnosis, your life was kind of like in, in like, you know, taking a di- downward spiral. Yeah. You, like, get yourself back into a situation where you go, like, okay, I'm going to take ownership. What did you, like, what, what happens then? Like, so you get...
1: The gym became my my therapy, my sanctuary, my arena. Right. That's where I got all my crap out. It was my catharsis. It was, like, where I went to go prove myself. I was like, I'm going to not only, like, build myself physically but my mental strength i need to build in the gym by pushing past my barriers
0: absolutely this is what i preach all day long yeah so you decide so basically like fitness kind of saved your life in a way
1: a hundred thousand percent in
0: in every way physically mentally spiritually Spiritually. everything because number one it gives you it gave you structure and it gave you something like confidence because you saw yourself getting stronger again yeah and so like we're what, were there side effects? So you're saying that besides like the bone density, are yeah. there any other side effects from having this medication?
1: There were with one of the earlier drugs called Atripla. I had, um, I would wake up in the middle of the night and my whole body would be vibrating. I'd be hallucinating. Um, I would get like hot, cold flashes during the day. It felt like there was a cloud in my brain and I couldn't think clearly. Really? I'd get lightheaded, dizzy. Yeah, it was, that was bad. And then it got to the point where my doctor was like, okay, Rafe. You need to stop drinking because your liver is like bad. Like Oh, so alcoholic. you were
0: still You're still drinking. I wasn't.
1: I was like, I'm like, Rochelle, I I haven't been drinking at all, and she's like, okay, well then it's the medication. We so the medication
0: could be really bad for your liver, or it, it could be like it, it can it, be. Yeah. Wow. How Me- many medications are there? Is there a lot? There's like you're so saying, many. Yeah. But this particular one was giving you really bad side mm-hmm. effects, and then so they put you on another medication. Yeah,
1: and that was fine, and then I re- I was my everything went back to normal. Okay. And, and then, now I'm on medication. I have zero side effects.
0: Zero. None. So, okay. I heard that the medication is very expensive, like thousands of dollars a yeah.
1: month. If you were try, if you were going to, if you were just a lay person going on the market to try to buy HIV medication, it would be average $3,000 a month.
0: So then how do, what do people do when there's no insurance? Like when they have, like with the, in the, in the US, I mean, the insurance is kind of a, yeah, a yeah. cluster right now. Cluster of fuck. Like what do, what do people do if they don't like, how do you do it?
1: There's a lot of um, government subsidized and um, organizations that help people to get on medication so that basically if you're living in the u s there's no reason why you can't get medication if you're under a certain cap you can get it you can get it for free, free health care coverage, premiums covered um, there are so many options in the u s for sure
0: so you can get like you can get the medication if, if you need need it
1: absolutely paid for yeah it's in the government's interest to make sure that that it's everyone has it of
0: course yeah. absolutely so then like so now so you're able to what i'm so i'm so fascinated by is that mm-hmm. if you could be that you could be that bad like where you actually now have full-blown yeah. aids and then you can reverse it yeah i can I, i'm like shocked to hear that it's a miracle Do people not know that
1: like <laughs> no I, so oh. many people don't know that i mean at, when i was diagnosed with aids my doctor literally said go home do not eat anything that's not fully cooked, including eggs, steak, whatever. She's like, do not get a cold. You could end up with pneumonia, end up in the hospital and die.
0: If so, you get a cold. I heard like, that too. you are a
1: Petri dish right now. You're completely exposed to everything.
0: Wow. Yeah. But is that true? I mean, if you were not on medication, that would be the truth, though, wouldn't it? It would, no?
1: absolutely. I don't know if I would be living right now. I don't think I would be. I would be dead.
0: Do you think a lot of people are, have it and just don't know they have it?
1: Absolutely. And, just, and a, then, a large proportion of people who have it don't know that they have it because in the beginning there can be no symptoms
0: and then it just becomes like okay and then is there anything that's a precursor to it that's what I'm always curious like another and like a different STD that's a precursor for oh. it like if you have like I don't know herpes or chlamydia yeah. or whatever it is I'm just making up a
1: I believe certain things can make you more susceptible like I've, I think I've heard syphilis perhaps
0: is it makes me more susceptible than it is. Yeah. But, but I'm not just sure. because you have one doesn't necessarily mean you have another. That no. doesn't go like that. No. Not at and all. then, like, the fact that when you say you're undetectable, like, does that literally mean, like, I was saying, like, if you and I had sex, yeah. I know it would never happen <laughs> for <laughs> multiples of reasons, but I mean, but like. No, you are beautiful. Oh, no, thank you. No, you are beautiful, but <laughs> that's a whole other story. But um, then, does that mean I would just, without un- with no protection, I'd be fine?
1: Yeah. Yep. Is that 100%
0: serious? Are you sure? (laughs) I mean, are you like a million percent?
1: (laughs) So last year, the CDC, as well as WHO, World Health Organization, countless amounts of experts in the field, scientists around the world, everybody, there's a consensus now that there's zero risk of transmitting HIV if you're undetectable, I believe for six months or longer
0: wow and how really? long have you been undetectable for
1: years okay so you got Four in 2012
0: you how old were you in your 20s i was 27 okay so then at what so how long were you detect like how long were you did it take to become undetectable about nine months and then you were undetectable so you've yeah. been undetectable for the basically for six years i
1: had a blip i think a year after that where i was slightly detectable and then it went back down
0: why what, what was the reason it could have
1: been the medication that i was on or something i'm not sure
0: so, are you able to, like, do you have a boyfriend now? Um,
1: I don't have a boyfriend. Uh, I am open to dating at the moment. But yeah. But are
0: people scared to date you because of it? I know you, I mean, obviously you're open about it. You're on this freaking podcast, and I'm sure you do a lot of other things. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm actually surprised by how many people are open to it. And that those that are hesitant, after I'm able to talk to them about it and, like, kind of educate them a little bit, then they're like open to it. The percentage of people that are just like, nope, sorry, I can't do it is, is small. But really? I think that's probably a product of living in West Hollywood and L.A. And it's just...
0: Exactly. You know I mean, but like, in, in the, I think in like the normal, uh, I was just to say, that's not the right word, normal, but like outside of your, yeah. outside of your pop, uh, where you live or whatever, yeah. like if you went out of town to like Minneapolis, yeah. I think people would probably be more, probably, probably a, probably a more lot harder fearful, for right? a lot of people. Yeah. So then would you, so would you be scared to like, have, since then, have you had mm-hmm. a lot of boyfriends? That have not had any kind of, who don't have HIV, who are just healthy?
1: Um, I haven't had a lot of relationships, a few small relationships, and most of them were negative.
0: And they're not, and they're, so when you have sex, are you like, do you use protection then or no? No, we have protected sex. You're totally fine.
1: Yeah. And And they're they're not scared? You know, there is a little uh, reticence in the beginning, but you know. Um, that's something that we work through on an individual basis.
0: Can it be like, can it happen? I mean, listen, I,
1: and there's also prep. We haven't touched on that at all.
0: Okay. Tell me about the prep. Okay.
1: So prep is basically an HIV medication. It's Truvada. And it's something that you, if you're negative can take as a precautionary measure, you take it once a day, just like someone who has HIV would take. And then if you were to have sex with someone who is HIV positive, um, that that acts as a barrier. I think it's like 96% effective. Really? So that's like a double whammy. So people
0: who are in relationships with people who have... It can, would the PrEP work if the person was HIV positive and detectable, though?
1: That's exactly what it's for. Just yeah. in case. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, I thought like it would be... Okay, and obviously if it's undetectable. Undetectable, then it's even... But I would... if I mean, I would be it's a good medication to have if you're in like you said. Well, you said yeah. it's not just in your community, it could be in every a lot of straight people have it, a mm-hmm. lot of people that so yeah. how do people it's still predominantly though from unprotected sex though?
1: Yeah, for the most right. part. Right.
0: And then needles of course. Yeah. So if you're not like a how how often is it though, be like in real life, yeah. if you don't if you don't share needles, if you don't have unprotected sex, mm-hmm. I mean, is it what's the chances of of of, of getting um, yeah, the
1: other route would be like blood transfusions, organ transfers. So it's not...
0: It's not like that. No,
1: and then there's people who... Children who get it through breastfeeding. Mother has HIV.
0: But you can get it through breastfeeding too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So then like, what, what, what can you not... So basically, can you just do whatever anyone else... Any Completely, other, and that's...
1: So you're totally normal. Like, yeah. like I
0: said earlier at the beginning. Like, yeah. So it doesn't really deter you from like living your life at all.
1: Exactly. And that's the message that I'm trying to get, get out there.
0: Right. Yeah. That's so so what what is so tell, yeah, so how do you spread that message like that platform of of like what do you do like day to day? Like give me a little bit mm-hmm. of like what your philo- like what you do like to kind of spread this positivity.
1: So the number one thing that I realized when I was like going out into the interwebs and like what what information is out there, I'm like there aren't really faces to this. There aren't people really talking about it openly. And I'm like, this is such a shame because I'm learning all this amazing stuff about it and that I can live a a normal life. And I didn't know that. And I, and, and nobody's talking about it. So I was, I kind of felt a moral imperative to start talking about it, especially since I've become so comfortable with it. So now I've created a a YouTube channel where I vlog and talk about living with HIV and everything related to it. Like what? Give me examples like i just i just did a vlog that was entitled hiv is a joke and it was about the fact that we as a community in order to help reduce stigma need to realize that we're at a place now where the medication's so good and people can live so long it's so manageable that we can start to joke about it like for example when people say oh just be positive i'm like i'm always positive yeah. it's like, oh, in my yeah. blood <laughs> so like and that, that's and that shocked people, like, oh my God, like you can't joke about that. And I'm like, yeah, you can. It's a good joke though. Yeah. <laughs> <That's a funny> <laughs> or, <laughs> it's in my it, blood. I love it. And, I, and then I'll do like some offensive jokes here and there too. Like, give me, an,
0: give me an offensive joke.
1: I'll be like, oh, like if you piss me off or something, I'll be like, well, I spit in your drink and I just gave you AIDS. So you have AIDS now. So. <laughs> oh
0: God. Can you get it from spit? No, you can't. Can you get it from sweat though? Cause that's a body, no. body fluid. No. So if you're sweating on like a machine no. and I sit on it, no?
1: No. And that's the fear though.
0: That's what people are scared of. Yeah. How about from like uh, bathrooms?
1: Mm-mm. No. It doesn't really survive outside of the body for, for very long at all. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, so you have this vlog that's called HIV joke. Give me another one that you kind of do.
1: Um, I've done one on HIV and dating and like when's the right, right, when's the right time to tell? How do you do it? What do you say? How do what you do you it? say? Um, for me, I'm like, I don't put it on the apps. I don't put it on there because when you're trying to like sell yourself as a human being, you want to put your best foot forward. Obviously it's not that you're hiding something you don't say, Oh, I, and I have depression and I have diabetes. Right. And all this other you're stuff.
0: and You're like a sales rep, like everybody, yeah. you're not any different than any other person. Yeah. No one else says, you know, I'm bipolar. <laughs> I mean, like they're not Take me. Yeah, exactly. So, so
1: I um, give the person the opportunity to meet me in the flesh first, get a vibe on my energy, who I am and mm-hmm. talk a little bit. And then once we get a little bit comfortable, I'll be like, hey, just so you know, like, I'm HIV positive, I'm undetectable. Do you know anything about it? Let me tell you about it, and how do you feel, and we can take it from there.
0: Are you scared when you say that the first first time? I get
1: a twinge of nerves, especially if I feel like I'm invested, and this person's really amazing, and they might reject me, but it's just more important to me to be transparent and open than it is for someone to like me.
0: Do your bosses at where you work, do they... They know, obviously they know. Yeah. They're not judgy on it, no. obviously.
1: The one of the only encounters that I've had was with a barber, ironically. A barber? Yeah. He was it's... super cool and we like we talked for a while and I went um multiple times and then one day I, I got comfortable enough and I was just I was like, Oh yeah, I do like vlogs on HIV, I was diagnosed, and he's like, Wow, like that's so amazing, like you're so strong. I'd never be able to, to do that or handle that. And then radio silence he wouldn't respond to my texts my calls and nothing really would not see me after that
0: wow that's amazing yeah. i guess that can happen though right because people who are, don't, yeah. don't have the right information they're scared totally right
1: and and people go when i talk about role models people are like yeah but well, there's magic and i go that was three decades ago yeah like what happened to everybody in between? A, Where is everyone? Where are people my age?
0: Do you know what's really funny? That's the first thing I said to you when you walked in, right? I'm like, Magic Johnson has it, Maybe. and he's a beast, and he's like... Which is great. He's such a, he's like, he's such a great inspiration for anybody, not just yeah. people with, with, with HIV, but in general, because of how much he's done and accomplished. But you're right. I don't think there's... Oh, and then you have Charlie have Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Right. Besides those two, there's no real, there's not anybody who has like a platform or a positive where where they're talking about it regularly and making people feel comfortable. Yeah. Relatable. Relatable. Our age. Yeah. That's so true.
1: So I'm like, I will, I will be that. I will fill that void. Right. So what
0: what does that mean when you say you will fill that void? Like, like besides, you know, learning to use gratitude for self empowerment, you know, changing from a victim to yeah. a leader mindset, like you basically are basically using your YouTube, your mm-hmm. social media to be promoting that type yeah. of mindset. And
1: I use my life story as an example. So I'm extremely open about my sex life, about right. what I've been through, the things I overcome and when I fail. And so people can see that and relate and see, oh, I'm just another human being like you, but I'm like, not letting HIV define me or constrict me. Right. And I'm grateful in spite of all these seemingly horrible situations.
0: That's what I was going to talk about. Like, you're grateful in spite of, right? Because When I was
1: diagnosed, there was a point where I was like, thank you, God, for giving me this. This is a blessing in a way because it opened my eyes to just realizing that I was living like under autopilot under something else's control and thank you for giving me the opportunity to like take my life back wow so i feel that every day
0: amazing and you know what's amazing is like it doesn't in a way feel like it was kind of the the light bulb that had to kind of go off because your life became ex- exponentially better in a way yeah. afterwards right like of all the things i've that never doing. been healthier
1: i've never been happier in my life
0: isn't that crazy how yeah. that happens? Like from something, this is like a, a, an amazing example of from something really negative, really chi- shifting it to something extremely positive. Yeah.
1: And, I'm, and I want to like share that with people and be like, nothing has to hold you back from being happy and living a fulfilling life nothing
0: it really is about mindset and which is what this whole and this is why like you know it's a great like way to kind of like segue back into this because this is what this podcast and what I my message and what I try to tell people or or talk about all the time it really all starts and ends in your head yeah you know it's all about your mindset and why fitness for you and for me in different ways it has was like the vehicle to kind of like really um really kind of, um, mold your, like your mentality to be strong and goal oriented and, you know, and push you past with lots of, you know, your barrier obviously is HIV. Mine's another one and someone else is another one. Um, but it's about your mindset and this is what you needed to do to kind of, this is what you needed to kind of like, kind of shake you into like a like I guess like a better uh, shift you into like a better life really so I don't
1: even see it as a barrier anymore I almost see it as like a little friendly reminder inside me saying hey don't forget like tap into yourself and like be true and like live your best life because I'm here and I'm, I'm here to remind you of that every day that's I take amazing. that one pill and I'm like, this is okay, reminder.
0: See, I think that's what, what, what I also think is amazing. What I love about that is that, like, that's authentic and real because you really do have something with, inside of you that, like, that, you know, you really have something that that, you, that could have gone the other direction. Mm-hmm. You know what and I mean? It does for a lot of people. And it does for the, a, a lot of people yeah. unless you really take hold of it and, like, really shift it and make and, and like, do the pause, like, the steps to, like, yeah. live differently. What do you do, like, what are your, you know, habits and household? What, what are your habits? Like, what do you do day to day? Like, give me a day in the life of what you do. Okay. What's your
1: structure? So, I try my best every okay. day to wake up and... What time um, do you wake up every day? Do you have a... Oh, it varies. It's all over the place. because yeah. With bartending, my hours are... But I do my best to kind of, like, keep things... Um, as tight as I can, but I try to wake up at like 7 a.m. Do you have a, do you have a morning routine or is typically it yeah. typically? Okay. So I your... wake up at 7 a.m. And then, uh, freshen up and then I'll sit down and I ha- for a while I had a gratitude journal. I'd write down 10 unique things that I'm grateful for every day. Now I have a, it's like a passion planner. So, and I do that inside that and like go over like, okay, what do I need to get done for the day? What, what are the goals? What are the goals for the week? Just kind of get my mindset going. Um, you do that daily? Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: so you so you don't so you do you used to do ten things you're grateful for every yeah. day. That's a lot of things. It is, but do you ever, do you ever get for stuck?
1: someone who is not used to thinking that way, it's crucial.
0: Right. Ten's a lot, though. Can you start with three? <laughs> can some people start with, like, two, maybe?
1: You I could, mean, but then... <laughs> you need to challenge yourself.
0: <laughs> Can't they, can they, like, kind of, like, you know, move up, move, you know, progress into ten, maybe? The but thing start is, I think three. at
1: the beginning, people, like, judge themselves and criticize themselves and, like, like, this is not a good thing to be grateful for. Or this is just not too generic. Mm-hmm. Or this is the wrong thing. It's, like, you just got to let it flow and just, like... I'm grateful for the fact that I just breathed right now. Right. Amazing. Like, so I take it.
0: away the judgment of it and just start writing yeah. and it could be small little things yeah. that you're grateful for. It doesn't have to be these like grandiose big things. And it just
1: gets your heart open and your mind flowing freely. Yeah.
0: I like that. Okay. What else then? I'll take
1: my dog out, um, let him do his business. Okay. And then usually I'm just like excited to get to the gym. So okay. I'll do that, go to the gym. So
0: do you work out every day?
1: Five, six days a week.
0: And if you're a competitive bodybuilder, you? have you won? Any, have you, have you, what have you done so far in, the, in that space? Have um, you won any like... Pro, are you a pro? Or are you like yeah, a I good?
1: just got my pro qualification last year okay. in a natural federation. Okay. So it's tested, WADA tested. Mm-hmm. So lifetime natural, no steroids or any of that, um, which I just felt like was kind of important considering. Yes,
0: considering know. everything, yeah.
1: So, um, yeah. I'm, Are you
0: competing right now?
1: I'm getting ready for a competition August twenty fourth.
0: Okay. Now San Diego. Okay. Yeah. But have you, so have you been in a comp if you're a pro Yeah, I've
1: done no. um, I think like four. I won first and the last one which gave me the, the qualification. Right. So as soon as I first, step foot on stage, good. I should be I well, I mean I will be a pro when I step on foot on stage.
0: That's amazing. So you're now you're right now doing that right now, you're training again. Yeah, and dieting. Okay. Very hard. What kind of diet are you doing?
1: It's like my coach will formulate it for every week, but it's like I'll have four eggs for breakfast and a greens powder, protein, post-workout banana and a shake. And then I'll do for lunch 12 ounces of potato. Um, like the sweet potato? A regular potato. A regular potato. Yeah, the sweet gives me an irritation in the back of my throat. Interesting. So um, then I'll do like grass fed or organic, uh, beef, 90, 10, seven ounces of that. And then broccoli and same thing for dinner. And then there's supplements throughout the day.
0: Oh, it's I, just the same. every it day. It sounds like, honestly, like it sounds like torture. I mean, it is isn't a can't lot of ways. Do that for, like, I want to make sure, I mean, like, believe as you know, I'm in the health and fitness yeah. world um that kind of structure that's like not sustainable so this is when you're where you're training for a very specific thing but you like don't 12 do 12 weeks but you don't do that yeah after 12 weeks do you go like i
1: binge eat mcdonald's and in and out and you
0: do so yeah, you basically like, so bad so but that's a problem a lot of times because people totally. are so like structured and they're like i'll have six ounces of a chicken breast and then uh-huh. i'll have broccoli the second they like you know Go the, they'll revert the other way and not yeah. just like yeah. in and out and then like they'll just balloon
1: I'll do it for like a week or so and then I'll kind of like taper back, taper back and just... well I
0: know a lot of people who are like competitive um, you know bikini models mm-hmm. competitive like fitness people um, that's obviously not my area of, of expertise but I find that like a lot of these girls that I know, they they lean out so much and then they balloon up because of the 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 difference between going oh, back yeah. and forth. Like that's what it's a. It's to like me, people who go on
1: weight loss programs.
0: Absolutely, but I feel like that's like a way. A lot of it's like a mind fuck over there too, right? Mm-hmm. Because you discipline, you're so de- you deprive, you deprive, yeah. and then you like go you're nuts. Like, I need
1: to reward myself. Yeah, I deserve it.
0: Exactly. There's always a th- there's a whole thing right now that like people don't like these 30 day challenges because they feel like again it's a little deprivation. Depri- depri- and, uh, yeah. anyway we're like i'm taking another tangent here so because you're <laughs> you're in the fitness world okay yeah. so anyway so then let's go back so then yeah. you're right you have a there you go to the gym and then do you do body how do you work out are you like yeah it's
1: like mostly strength hypertrophy yeah training.
0: no cardio uh, yeah a little bit a little bit of cardio
1: okay but i'm on my feet when i bartend seven eight nine hours straight no break so i didn't say that though right <laughs> um so that's like my cardio usually yeah plenty yeah.
0: You get a lot of cardio, right? Yeah. And then okay, and then so meal
1: prepping and like organizing and just normal day-to-day stuff in between.
0: So you do oh, you do all your meal prep? Well, I guess yeah. But that's because of the what you're doing now with. The, I try to
1: handle social media. Like, I'll, I'll spend a certain amount of time just replying to comments and DMs and stuff. Do so a lot
0: of people reach out? Like, reach out so to you? So many. Really? I have a
1: thing where on Instagram I post now every single day. It's called my daily motivation. Hashtag my daily motivation. Um, hashtag HIV and I'll just put one message that someone sent me anonymously and I'll just put that up there really and it just and that motivates other people to see that too and they're right. like, I'm from Morocco too and I I'm in the same situation and right yeah
0: so I mean like you're saying because there's not very many people who are on a, like use themselves as a platform to be that person in yeah. your spa- in that space right yeah. like you said like I, I I'm shocked it was only Magic Johnson 30 years ago or like
1: Charlie yeah, Sheen, like we it's said. it's crazy.
0: It's amazing.
1: And I feel like I'm well-equipped enough to handle also the haters. Is
0: there there's, a lot of haters, though? I
1: wouldn't say there's a lot, but there's certainly people out there who are just so anti it.
0: So I guess... is there? So is it important to have a very structured um, daily routine when you have HIV or not if you're taking the medication? Like, I guess this is where my confusion is, right? Uh-huh. Like, can you just do what can you just go like all you know balls to the wall do whatever you want yeah. if you're taking them as long as you're on the medication or do you have to still like is it the combination of the medication the healthy lifestyle like what's the i would balance? say
1: of course my bias is yeah routine yeah but i would say when you're not undetectable that is the crucial time where yes everything you do matters and helps taking the medication at the same time of day every day Um, being healthy, exercising, all of that to help support your immune system to recover. Can you
0: actually, you know what I was curious? Can you exercise too much? Because if you, because that's also like a havoc on your Mm -hmm. immune system.
1: Absolutely. And sometimes, and CD4, that measure of your white blood cell count, Mm -hmm. that'll fluctuate naturally depending on your immune system. And if I'm going, ham in the gym and my adrenal glands are depleted Mm -hmm. and my central nervous system is depleted that'll affect my immune system and it'll go down Mm -hmm. i just don't freak myself out about it i go that's just something that happens when you work right so you
0: have to monitor that any pro
1: athletes yeah
0: right and so like is cardio considered good or better good for your heart but mm-hmm. um because weights is that harder on your immune system or is cardio or does it matter just in terms of like the amount the intensity, yeah, the, intensity. the intensity exactly so are you able to do like HIIT training totally. o- often yeah, yeah just not but I can. just kind of
1: listen to my own body and I'm like if I feel like my brain's fried and my and I feel like a live wire then I go okay I need to like chill out a little bit and right. rest.
0: but like you were saying uh drinking drugs stuff like that you don't I guess because you you gotta be careful with I'm a that. A bartender. Stuff. Right? Do you drink? Do you drink a lot? <laughs> I
1: drink social. I don't drink a lot. I don't like to drink a lot. Okay, but, but I do drink socially.
0: But if medications ca- can be difficult on the liver, is that something that? Um, it, like you're not you don't live like so freaking clean like like a like a priest. No, but it's not necessary.
1: Like, I need a shot of vodka to get through an eight-hour shift. And you're least. okay with that? Like, and
0: I'm like okay it, with it doesn't that. change. But I'm saying like and if someone. If someone was taking the medication and they were like, you know, not really exercising much and eating really shitty, you know, does it, is it, does it affect the efficacy of what happens?
1: Um, I think it, it, it could. And for example, like if someone was on a tripla, that one that really messed me up, if they're drinking alcohol, then they're, they're screwing up their system for sure. Right. But, um, a lot of the newer medications now are so easy on the body and very non-toxic
0: wow yeah wow okay so is there any kind of like unique rituals that you like that you do
1: um
0: besides my major
1: one is like i'll do like after i'll create affirmations for myself whenever i need it okay because i so much of what's difficult for people is their self-talk It'll be like in your head, you just don't even realize you're on autopilot going, God, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so over this. I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I wanna do this. You don't even realize you're saying that to yourself. Right. So if I realize it, I'll just go, no, no, like, okay, what's an affirmation? Okay. Just it's the next about the next moment, the next step. Just get through this. Be in the moment. This is good for you. It's teaching you discipline, it's teaching you hard work. It doesn't matter what other people are doing or aren't doing, if they're not working as hard as you, this is for you. This will pay off in the long run. And it just kind of changing that mental Tape.
0: All right. So, so far I gotcha. you got you. You got the gratitude. You do the passion journal. What's mm-hmm. the difference between a passion journal and a gratitude? That
1: journal? one's just, that's the name of the, the planner. Oh, yeah, okay.
0: You should fancy. use my, you should use the morning journal. Yeah, maybe I will. There. You should. I'll give it to you. Well, I don't okay. think it's the only one I have. I'll send you. Love one. To. Um, and okay. So what would you say you think your biggest accomplishment then is?
1: Um, I would say it's just changing the mindset from what I would say is someone who is a victim to someone who's a leader. I feel like I'm a leader now, not just in my own life, but to the world. I'm trying to be and trying to be an example, right? That's what I'm so proud of and it's working. Yeah.
0: So how often are you vlogging
1: weekly now? I'm trying to do more. I'm also working with AIDS healthcare foundation. They're like the world's biggest nonprofit for HIV services. Um, they brought me on recently. That's why I can work half-time at the bar, because mm-hmm. now they're, I'm getting paid right, to vlogs, right. which is great. Um, so I'm also creating more content with them, scripted content for them. I'll be in the parade with AHF on Sunday. So I'm planning on taking my shirt off, of course. And I'm going <laughs> to write, like, living with HIV, because how many people do you see in... Like, that you know, because HIV is it's hidden. So how do you know? So I think the visibility of seeing someone, like, in really great shape, mm-hmm. living with HIV, maybe on the back, like, positive and thriving or healthy or something like that, I That's think would great. be really cool.
0: Positive and thriving. That's so great. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Well, I mean, I, it's a best of luck to you because Thank you really you. are. It's an inspiration. Where do people find you? I know that you're on YouTube, but what's your handle yeah, on social media? It's my
1: first and last name, Rafe Derazi.
0: You even want to spell that?
1: R a i f d e r r a z i. Same thing on Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram stories with the motivations and all that. Good.
0: I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna follow. I think I do follow you, but
1: I'll definitely be following you. Okay, good. We'll
0: be following each other. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to add? Like, I'm just looking over like your stuff. I'm... I mean, I
1: we covered no. we covered a lot i think
0: we covered a lot it was I really think good so. yeah okay well listen now you guys know how to find rafe he is definitely an inspiration and he is a prime example of like turning a negative into a positive but a bum and you guys should follow him because of his motivation and just because his all around good goodness of a guy thank you so yep. much for coming on thank you so much thank you bye-bye everybody